Hey, Karen. Hey, Christy. What do you call a hairy zucchini with an attitude? Oh, boy. I don't know. Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch. Sasquatch. That's it. Sasquatch. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips Hello, gardeners! And wannabe gardeners! And people who love recipes, because we have the fabulous Karen here today, who is not only a great gardener, but an amazing cook. I do love to be in the kitchen, and especially with produce I get out of my own garden. There is nothing more enjoyable, Karen, is there, than going out into the vegetable garden and saying, what's for dinner? Completely. Could not agree more. I just love it. Well, we've got really super fun recipes that are all garden-themed for everybody to enjoy this fall. But first, Karen, how's your garden going? Oh my gosh, it's so good. And Mitch, my wonderful husband, spent part a good part of the weekend sort of clearing out some of our weeds that had grown recently. And then he also just got rid of our cabbage because it was just being <gasps> decimated by aphids. Oh no! They had just really grabbed onto it. And surprisingly enough, our broccoli, which was like right next to our cabbage, wasn't Get bothered out. at all. Okay. I had the opposite problem. Oh no. I have gorgeous cabbage oh, right now. Oh. And my broccoli is decimated with aphids. Isn't that interesting? Maybe they had a conversation with the, you know, the aphid community <laughs> got together and decided that they would switch on us. Right. A little flip switch. But the that the our peppers are gorgeous. I just roasted off some to put on top of nachos yesterday because it was game day. Oh so yeah. So I just, you know, roast them over a little open fire and do you think we're going to have another disappointing Bronco year where we get like, hey, we're winning this game. And then all of a sudden, in the last two minutes, we find a way to <laughs> lose it. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I did say, though, when we missed that first extra point, I was like, that's the game. There it went. Mm, mm-hmm. And I just knew it. I just yeah. knew it. Yeah, we might need a, a new sign. kicker. I'm available. Denver Broncos, I'm just saying. You know, you got some good gams for that. Yeah, you never know. And all you have to do, right, is get it right down the middle. Isn't that but the it's just in between the two. Right, yeah. Yeah, He couldn't You know, and as long as we're at it, you know, I could step in for quarterback. In a heartbeat. (laughs) Let's do this. We'll just let them know we're available. I might be like there might be a lot of running plays, but I could still (laughs) How's your garden doing? Oh, Karen, my garden looks absolutely Gorgeous. Aww. For July. Yes. For July. <laughs> it's like got but, some got some late bloomers. Oh my gosh. You know, things that are going super well are like green beans, mm. eggplant, peppers, greens, basil. Mm-hmm. Um, my eggplant is beautiful. Yes. Um, and of course my cabbage is quite stunning. And I can't complain about my cucumbers. They're doing just fine, kind That's of good. slowly coming in. Good, good. And what's finally come in are some tomatoes. 
Just some? Yeah. How are your tomatoes doing? They're doing actually pretty what? good. Oh, I just man. noticed that we have like huge clusters of yellow pears. I made a yellow pear and cucumber salad oh, the other nice. day just because we had so many of them. They were so beautiful. Well, you live about like what? A mile from me? Yeah, Is about. Right? About. And so how come your tomatoes? Because we both got hit by that same hailstorm. We did. And I don't know why they did okay. Really, our peppers were what I was worried about with that hailstorm. Okay. Now, this is weird because yes. my peppers are doing incredible. Okay. There's a I conspiracy have like- going on here. <laughs> I would like to talk to somebody about what's going on I don't here. Know. I mean, they're, I'm, they're, the tomatoes are coming in. It's not like I'm going to be canning this year. Though. Right, right. But I I'm kind of feel that them. way too, actually, about the tomatoes. Like, I noticed that our San Marzanos are finally coming in and getting red. Oh. And it, it seemed like they were there for a bit. Uh huh. Just hanging out being green. Oh. And then yesterday I noticed, I was like, oh, good. They're finally getting red. Here's how bad my San Marzano, which is a Roma tomato, friends, is, is that I finally have my first little baby green one that's probably about an inch big. Oh, pumpkin. And it's seven. I mean, it's the middle of I mean, September. Come on. So. What are they waiting if, for if here? If things haven't, if I'm correct on this, if you don't have fruit now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Really? You don't think there's still a chance? Like a month. We have a late frost. We and do. And I cover them anytime we get a very late frost. Our yeah. average frost is October 7th, I think. Right. So they still have a few cover, weeks. Cover. Yeah, we'll guess do we'll you, find out. Do you have any blossoms on them? I have tons of flowers everywhere. So there you go. Maybe maybe yeah, it's going to surprise you. Okay, we'll You're going to wake up one morning <laughs> and they're all just going to be there. You're going to be like, oh my God. Get out the canner. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, Finally. Um, and I've also had some really nice success with some flowers. Gorgeous. My zinnia, I plant, as soon as that hailstorm happened, I planted zinnias. Oh, that was so smart. And they're smart. doing really great. And so marigolds, autumn sedum. I have some African daisies that are doing beautiful mm. in my new no-dig bed out front. So that looks good. Gorgeous. Oh, and I was also going to say that the day after the hailstorm, I replanted my pumpkins. And? And the vine is stunning. And there are three pumpkins on it. Ooh. So they're not going to be big. I mean, but who needs got, a big pumpkin? Yeah, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna have some pumpkins for Halloween. But That's boy, it's perfect. A, it's a very, very beautiful vine. Aww, so how wonderful. Oh, Karen, I was gonna ask you this. Yeah. Um, because the last time you were here, you were talking about your new guinea pigs. Oh god. Butter and toast. Yes. They're gone now. Oh, oh well, <laughs> let me let me start by saying this. Don't think I'm cruel out there. I'm not, actually. I'm a, I'm an animal lover. That be said, I didn't want the rodents to begin with. Um, with your daughter who wanted them. Yes, right? it was my daughter who wanted them. So we, in addition to the two dogs and the cat. Correct. Yes, because we didn't have enough going on. <laughs> so we get these two guinea pigs that she names Butters and Toast, and they are girls allegedly, and they separate them by store allegedly into male and female because they procreate like nobody's business. So they keep them separated. Makes sense, right? So, great. We think we have two girls. We don't have two girls. Oh, Butters was a female and Toast was definitely a male. Uh And I tell you what, I think PetSmart and Petco and all the pet companies should go ahead and hire me to sex guinea pigs because I am a pro wow. at it now. That's a that's a good specialty Don't you could think have, a Karen. A little side hustle there? Yeah, yeah I love need, it. Need some sexing of guinea pigs? I got it. <laughs> but so Butters ended up having 
four little babies. Oh, okay. That, that were all cute. pretty perfect, actually. So we named them. There was Peaches, Caramel. <laughs> oh, actually, she just had three. So it was Peaches, Caramel, and Guac. <laughs> Which Mitch was calling Guaca Waka Flame, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peaches was always referred to like this. Hey, Peaches, what do you know? What's the word on the street? Peaches. That was Peaches. And then there was Carmel. Carmel got adopted like right away by mm-hmm. a good friend of ours daughter who has another guinea pig uh-oh, named uh-oh. Marvin. Uh- male. Oh, my God. I sexed, I sexed those poor little babies constantly because okay. I was so nervous about putting them. Oh, my God, because you never know. <laughs> and you can't tell for a long period of time. And then by the time you can tell, guess what? They can get pregnant. Oh. I know far too much about this now. That said, so we Carmel them was all a male. separated. Carmel was a male as who went to go know. live with Marvin. Okay. They now apparently have a very successful YouTube page. <laughs> Shout out to Marvin and Carmel. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but now, so, so then we kept the, we kept toast and peaches together in their little area. And then we had guacawaca flame and <laughs> butters in their little area. But my God, that was a lot of guinea pigs and mm-hmm. they stink and they poop everywhere. And it was just a lot. And finally, Deva said, my daughter said, I don't feel like I have enough time to really spend with them. I don't feel like they have a very good quality of life here because we had to keep them so separated. So one was in a cage while the others were running free. And like it was, it was just complicated. That kind of sounds kind of mature for it your daughter It was very to say. mature. And I was very proud of her and also very grateful to say goodbye <laughs> to the guinea pigs. <laughs> and I'm certain they're living a very happy, lovely, wonderful, free range life out there somewhere with goats. I believe that. That's yes. Yes. <laughs> the guinea pigs and the goats frolicking together. (laughs) I was also going to mention to folks, you know, this is our first um, new episode in a couple weeks because uh, Karen and I have been working on a show. Just a little bit of one. Yeah. Along with with Catherine. Yes. Who also uh, guest hosts here. This is all true. Um, We just opened on uh, last, we just started a couple days ago. Yes. Yeah. Which was a great opening. I'm so happy to be open. I'm so excited about audiences and... What they bring to the show. And it's it was just such a pleasure to work with you. Oh, it's always really such a was. joy. I know it was fun. It was fun. Well, a folks, lot of fun. if you live in the Denver metro area and you want to check out <clears throat> Karen and Catherine on stage, directed by yours truly, um, there's a link in the show notes for The Minutes at Curious Theater Company. Yes, please October come see. 14th. And I would say get your tickets soon. Yeah, they're going quick. They're going quick. Which is so great after the pandemic. No kidding. You know, we started, Edith and I started this podcast because of the pandemic because we were all just out of work. Right. And now people are coming back to the theater. Wow. Ah, Treat yourself, so folks. Good. It feels Give so yourself good. A night out at well, the and we forget, I think, or at least have forgotten during the pandemic how much we need it, mm. how much theater helps us as humanity. Good for the soul. Very, very good for the soul. Good for good to laugh. Oh, good gosh. to get out amongst them. Yes. Yeah. Please. That's so cool. Yeah. Come uh, on out. We also want to give a special thank you to everybody who's a member of the garden party. Uh, these are folks who, you know, throw a couple bucks our way each month so that we can pay the cost of producing the podcast. We are so grateful to you. 
And if you want to help support Upside Down Tulips, you could just click on the link in the show notes. And depending upon what level you contribute at, you can get some fun rewards like seeds from our gardens. Yes. Or coffee mug. Tote bag. Tote bag. Tote yes. Bag. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, and so just click on the link. And if there are words or terms you don't understand, you can also check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Anything else I'm supposed to say? Oh, I know what else. What else? Karen, we have a new pod play. Ooh. Brand new pod play about the zucchini that Christy finally was able to grow this year <laughs> after a three-year-long drought. Yay, zucchini. But you, now, did your zucchini plant make it this year? Oh, no, it wasn't a zucchini plant. It was acorn squash. So I have two acorn squash. You, but you thought you were growing a zucchini? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's fascinating. It was even marked zucchini. That's what happened to me. Yeah. And I, I got very excited. I was like, oh, good. This will be perfect. We'll put one on one side, one on the other. No, they're both acorn squash. Because what happened to me was I kept thinking I was planting zucchini and it was summer squash. See? It happens to the best of us. I guess so. <laughs> good Lord. Well, folks, enjoy this play called The, Z- the Zucchini Promise. Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by Zucchini. (laughs) It's the year 2000. I survived Y2K and planted my first vegetable garden. Let's see how it's going. Well, hi. Oh my gourd, it's a little zucchini. My first vegetable. I'm going to love you forever. I'm going to grill you and make zucchini bread and zucchini fritters and ratatouille. You promise? Look at this beautiful garden. Who would have thought in 20 years I could get so good at this? Hello, you beautiful tomatoes. Oh, and peppers and cucumbers and eggplant and basil and broccoli and green beans and cabbage. And what about me? Oh, crap. Look at you. There are too many zucchinis here for me to deal with. I can't give you away fast enough. Oh, and this one is just huge. Zucchini, you are just a pain in the asparagus. I'm sorry. I have never been so grateful for my garden than during this pandemic. And everything is looking so great. Think I'll make some ratatouille for dinner. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be a zucchini. Uh, Nice try. Notice my beautiful yellow color and cool curved neck? I don't know what you think you planted, but I am a summer squash. Bummer. And I really wanted zucchini. Guess I'll have to go buy some. Another year, another garden. Let's check out the zucchini. Ah, wrong again. <laughs> Summer squash rules. For the love of William Shatner, I planted the wrong squash again? Fine. It's a little late in the season, but I'll just plant this sad, leggy, leftover zucchini from the discount shelf of my local nursery and see how it goes. <coughs> I'm sorry. I don't think I can make it. Don't you die on me. You can make it. Give me your hand. I I mean leaf. (coughs) I think I'm just going to close my eyes for a little bit. No! Okay, 2023. This year I am confident I planted zucchini. And look how great you are doing. Oh, hell no. Ow! 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 Zucchini, please be okay, please be okay. 
It has been three years since I had a successful zucchini plant. I miss you. Please come back. Here, I will trim away the damage and give you a little fertilizer, keep you watered consistently. I am not leaving your side. Well, hi. Oh, my gourd. It's a little zucchini. My favorite vegetable. I'm going to love you forever. I'm going to grill you and make zucchini bread and zucchini fritters and ratatouille. You promise? I promise. So let's start garden recipes. Oh, yes, please. I bow to you, Karen, because you're such an excellent chef and cook and and pastry artist. That's so kind. Um, but I also have to say that I do love to cook. Oh, and you're so wonderful in the kitchen. Everything I've had of yours is a oh, delight on my so palate. Much. Well, one of my favorite things to have this time of year is ratatouille. Oh, it's so yummy. Which I never really knew what ratatouille was until I saw the Disney cartoon. <laughs> You know, that cartoon served a lot of purposes. <laughs> it did. But essentially, it's ratatouille is a stew with uh, three basic ingredients that would could come from your garden, which is zucchini, eggplant, and tomatoes. Nummies. Um, and so it's a wonderful dish you can have. You can serve it on rice. You can serve it on pasta. Or you can mm. just have it on its own. Or with some crusty bread on Oh, side. yes, crusty bread. It. So, friends, all you do with this, here's my recipe. It's a version of the great Martha Stewart's recipe. Oh, great. Which is, first you're going to cook some onions in oil mm -hmm. and add garlic. And if you're Karen, you're going to add 15 garlic. Exactly. <laughs> this is true. Um, two large <laughs> eggplant. And Karen, I have two kinds of eggplant in my garden right now, the globe kind and the Japanese yeah. kind. So I'll just kind of mix them in there. You will? So it doesn't matter to you which yeah. one is which? Yeah. I love kinds. that. I love that. About four medium zucchini. Okay. So whatever that means to you folks. Or, or one monstrously large yes. baseball bat zucchini. Which I had, I just showed Karen one upstairs it that I lost. It is a weapon. That is a weapon. <laughs> a big zucchini. Keep it by your nightstand. And just you know, in if case. you have those big zucchini, that's okay because just scoop out the seeds. Totally. You know. They'll, oh, they're still delicious. Yeah, still work. Yeah. And then salt and pepper. And then you're just going to saute um, all of the zucchini and the eggplant and the garlic and the onions um, for a few minutes. Then you're going to add uh, three quarters of a cup of water and simmer for five minutes. Add three red or yellow green peppers. Mm. I think you like to have the different colors in I there, agree. Right? I agree. Then simmer for five minutes. And then stir in about 28 ounces of tomatoes. Mm. Now, this could be a big can, mm -hmm. which is probably what I'm going to be doing this year because my tomatoes, I don't know. I may be, poor yeah, tomatoes. Maybe next month. Their you know, clock oh, is just off. It happens to all of us. It sure does. That's <laughs> so true. So then you stir in some tomatoes and then you bring it to a boil. Reduce and simmer for 15 minutes and then add some chopped basil. Oh, That's delicious. It. Stunningly easy. delicious. Yeah. And it just tastes so fresh oh, and delicious and amazing. So yummy. Yeah. yeah. I just adore it when you can just go out, harvest in your garden, go back in. And make a beautiful ratatouille. And if you feel like you don't like eggplant, you would like it in this recipe. I would agree with that completely. People are weird about eggplant. They're weird about it. Well, it can have a weird texture. It can get slimy. It can. It most certainly can. Yeah, so. But it won't in that. Yeah. And it won't in mine either. I have a beautiful eggplant recipe. Let's hear it. This is my recipe for eggplant parmigiana, mm. which sometimes, you know, when you have it out or eggplant parm, when you have it out, it can get a little soggy. I am not a fan of the soggy eggplant in this dish specifically. Mm -hmm. So you take two or three medium eggplants, 
And I typically use globe for this because I like them to be kind of the same size. Mm. Um, and then you cut them to about a quarter inch thick. You dredge in flour, then an egg, then in breadcrumb. You fry really lightly in oil. You can use kind of any oil, even an olive oil works oh, really? in this. Um, as long as it's a good olive oil, because mm-hmm. you will taste it. Until each side, each side of the eggplant is brown. And then um, you spoon a basic marinara or a basic tomato sauce <laughs> down at the bottom of your baking Marina. dish. Marinara. And then you put the, you layer the eggplants once they're all done in between each glorious layer of that beautiful nightshade. You put the fresh mozzarella and parmigiana on top in between each. Mm. And then you kind of cover it with a little bit of sauce, not too much sauce. The more sauce you use, the soggier it becomes. That's a great tip. So not too much sauce. Then you put more cheese on the top, (laughs) put it in the oven for about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes until it's bubbling to your delight. And then you take it out and serve it with your favorite pasta. Oh my gosh, that sounds good. good. It's so good. I think too, it's like it's that breadcrumb. It has that texture on the outside. Yes. So it's it's very crispy. Totally. And you want them to be. And once you you crisp them in the oil, you want to go ahead and just put them on some paper towel, you know, Mm. to get some of that oil off. Otherwise, again, Mm -hmm. they'll get soggy. Now, what would be your pasta choice? Oh, I love bucatini. That's... Okay, bucatini is like spaghetti, but it's thicker, right? It's yeah, like a it's fatty, got that hole in the middle. The hole in the middle. Yeah, where you get yes. the sauce all stuck in there. Yeah. And then you're just taking a bite, and the sauce also explodes in your mouth. Bucatini is by far my favorite. Do you have to go to a special uh, place to find bucatini? You know, sometimes they'll have it at Safeway. you got to roll the dice and see what you get. Okay. But sometimes, that I mean, they'll have it at, like, Italian, you know, market stores. Sure, so like yeah. even Parisi has some in uh-huh. their little front. Or maybe like you have, you have to go to Whole Foods or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay, They'll have gotcha. a Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. wonderful. What about you? What's your favorite variety well, of pasta? I would say, oh, my favorite pasta? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Um, I, I, well, I like angel hair a lot. Uh-huh. So I like versatile. A thin angel hair, yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, since we're talking about uh, tomatoes. Yes. Recipes I can't make right now. <laughs> Are you just torturing yourself? I you need to so. stop torturing yourself. Yeah. Um, here is here's my. This is my favorite uh, tomato soup. Oh yes, I love tomato soup. If you take three pounds of tomatoes, a medium onion, six to ten pieces of garlic, or in your case, ten to twenty five. Okay, great. <laughs> And three, here's the secret, three large carrots peeled and cut in half, a third of a cup of olive oil, you put it on a cookie sheet, toss it all up, and you roast it. Gorgeous. For a, at 375 for about an hour. Oh. And that roasting just allows all these flavors to really come to life oh. and get caramelized. Nummy. What kind of tomato do you use? It, you know, it doesn't really matter. I think the perfect tomato would be, I know what you're going to say, it's aroma. Yeah, aromas are... Be the best. I I think they're actually kind of the king of all the tomatoes, but... But I've used other tomatoes, too. Sure. Chop them up, throw them in there, roast them. Might be a good idea to put uh, some aluminum foil on the cookie sheet. That's a good idea. clean up a little easier. Totally. And I love the, I love the carrot in there. Yeah, it's it's going to add that little sweetness to balance out the acidity. Yummy yums. Once you've roasted it for about an hour, and you may need to stir it a little bit... Then you blend it all up. You can blend it if you have a blender mm-hmm. or if you have one of those wands. Yeah. Or I do, I do mine in a food processor. Perfect. Blend it all up until it's smooth. Um, and then 
if I have a lot of seeds in the tomatoes, I might run it through a sieve. Okay. But yeah. unless I can Just blend it up really, really sure. well. And then you put it in a pot. Mm. You add four cups of chicken stock. Nummy. Two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar. Yummy. Red pepper flakes. And two to four tablespoons of pesto. Oh, God. That sounds so good. And it That sounds so good. <laughs> it freezes beautifully. Oh. So if I have extra tomatoes this year and I'm not and I don't have enough to can, yeah. I'm just gonna make a buttload of the soup That's and so put smart. it in the freezer. And then you just have soup on hand. Yeah. I love it. With grilled cheese sandwich. Oh yes, please. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. That's so delicious. I love it. Love it. What do you got, Karen? Oh, well, as we were just talking about, instead of a zucchini and an acorn squash, I've got two acorn squash plants <laughs> that are now yielding beautiful, gorgeous acorn squash. So what do you do with acorn squash? Soup. Yes, you can totally. I love acorn soup squash or, soup. Okay. Or acorn squash gnocchi. Oh, that's it better. Way which is better. really similar to like a butternut squash gnocchi. It's the exact same sort of process. Oh, so nice. we, if you have some beautiful butternuts, you can do this with almost the exact oh, same thing. Oh, I like thing. that better. So you go ahead and you cut those squash in half, remove the seeds. You put them meat side down. You roast them in the oven for, a, you know, at like 400, 425 for like 30, 40 minutes until they're nice and soft. Mm-hmm. Then you go ahead and scoop out the squash, mm-hmm. mash it all up, and let it cool. It has to be cool before oh. you add any flour because if not, the squash will just suck it up. And it makes the gnocchi really dense instead of oh, nice gotcha. and light. Oh, gotcha. Gummy. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'll even make that squash a day or so in advance. Oh, and then just smart. take it out of the refrigerator to come to room temp before I'm ready to make it. Then once that's all done, you add about two cups of flour, about a tablespoon or so of salt. I know that sounds like a lot, that but does it's really like not. It's really not. You mix it all together until it's almost like the consistency of like a rough pizza dough. Mm-hmm. You roll them into like cigar sized, you know, cut them up into like one inch pieces. Like little baby uh, dinner mints is what Exactly. It looks like. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you can use a fork, like the, bo- the back tines of your fork to make the little indentation and create the little scoop. Because or- you need those little ridges so it'll attract, it'll suck up the sauce, Suck up right? the sauce. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> and my grandma actually had this, which I now am the proud owner of, that we use for wine cookies, for cavatelle, for also the gnocchi. It's just a grated little cutting board. And that's like its only purpose. I've seen those. Yes, so I've and, got one of those. And you know, normally I'm not a fan of t- kitchen tools that only serve one purpose. Yeah. But that one is important. Oh, I could not agree more. I love it. I yeah. use it at least two or three times a year. And then you go ahead and you but you can cook those off in salted water. But it, they only take about two or three minutes. Wow. And then I love, I also have sage in my garden. So I love to make a brown butter sage sauce to go mm. with these. As the gnocchi are popping up and they're floating and they're ready to go, you just pop them right into the butter with the sage. Mm. You just keep going till all your gnocchi is done. And then you put another quarter cup or so of that pasta water in there, it is heaven. Top it, it all off with some Romano or some Parmigiana uh-huh. and you're happy. Isn't it interesting about how it's important to add a little bit of pasta water oh, to yeah. your pasta dish? I never knew that until a couple of years ago. It's that fabulous starchiness that then makes it into like a beautiful pan sauce. You can do it with anything. Yeah, it makes everybody happy. It, it makes does. everybody come together. It really does. It's oh, magic. Nice. Magic pasta water. Well, here's a pop play. 
about salary. Are you growing salary, Karen? No, salary. I think we tried once and it didn't go very well and I got very sad about it. I don't know why we haven't tried since. Well, one of the things that wasn't demolished during the hailstorm was my celery plant. For the first time, I'm growing celery. Oh, my gosh. And it is such a beautiful plant. Is it going it well? Is, yes, it is gorgeous. How do you know when it's done? Because yeah, it grows underneath. I'm not quite entirely sure. I mean, it does part. It does up. You know, I mean, it is like right. Could, I do see celery stalks. It doesn't feel like it's thick enough yet. So I'm going to wait a little bit before I harvest it. But you'll um, have to I'm show me. About it. You'll have to show me when you finally pull it out. Okay, yeah, I will. How it did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's a play about celery, and then we'll come back with more recipes. Mother. I don't want to go to bed. It's still light out, and I'm hungry. This is 1923, and little children who refuse to eat dinner go to bed early. But I didn't like it. Your father worked hard to get us this special treat for dinner. Not everyone can afford poached celery. But I don't like celery. You don't like celery? When I was a little girl, celery was a great luxury, one of the most fashionable foods to grace the table. We would put celery in beautiful special vases. It was served to the first-class passengers on the Titanic. Blah! Can I still have a bedtime story? Read me Winnie the Pooh, please. Oh, the new essay by Mr. A.A. A. Milne. Hmm, I think I have just the thing. Yay! <clears throat> There is a crispness about celery that is the essence of October. It is as fresh and clean as a rainy day after a spell of heat. It crackles pleasantly in the mouth. Moreover, it is excellent, I'm told, for the complexion. How good that celery should be there at one's elbow. How delicate are the tender shoots unfolded layer by layer. Of what a whiteness is the last baby one of all. Of what a sweetness his flavor. It is well that this should be the last rite of the meal. That doesn't sound like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no, but it is A.A. A. Milne. And it is March, not October. Someday, in 100 years, people will not be eating celery. Someday, in 100 years, maybe people will appreciate celery more. Maybe we will find it's full of vitamins and minerals, that it burns the calories it contains by chewing it, that one ounce of seeds can produce an acre of celery. Maybe in 100 years there will be a ban on celery. Maybe in 100 years people will eat celery with chicken wings. Maybe people will use celery in drinks, like the new Bloody Mary that is all the rage in Paris. <laughs> Maybe people will eat celery with peanut butter. <laughs> yes, with raisins. <laughs> Good night, Mother. Good night, Skippy. This has been a public service announcement from the folks at National Celery Month, the most powerful lobby in the world. Okay, Karen. So one time I was at... Uh, the restaurant Parsley, you mm. know that that sandwich soup and salad place that's right Gosh, down the street from Curious Theater I Company. I loved that place, and now they're gone. Yes, because there just can't be any more buildings torn down in that neighborhood and condos <laughs> put up. Whiz. She was. It's really <laughs> obscene. It's really obscene. It's great they're building all these apartments and condos, but then where are all these people going to eat? I mean, seriously. And Parsley <laughs> was so wonderful. Parsley was great. Well, they had this gazpacho soup. I don't know if you've ever had it there. Yes. 
I got the recipe. <gasps> you do? I do. And I'm going to share it with everybody. Oh, that's very Because I love it so much. And they, I said, can I have this recipe? And they just, they said, sure. And just gave it to you. Yeah, I kind of had to make some adjustments to it because it's like they made it for like the big thousands huge, of people. Yes, yeah. big batches of it. So I, there's some math involved. But I'll also, I'll put it up on our website for like a normal size. Great. Serving. So my numbers are a little weird because it all kind of depends on, I guess, really what you want to have in there. But sure. here is what they have in their gazpacho. Um, and it uses so many different vegetables mm. from your garden. Mm. Cucumbers, tomatoes. Red onion, jalapeno, avocados. So you have a bunch of those, and you need the hard part about this recipe. So you have to ch chop everything up into corn size. That's a lot. So it's a it's lot, a lot of, chopping. of chopping. Yeah. So that's the the, the brunt of the recipe is right. chopping all this up. So, but once you have the cucumbers, tomatoes, red onion, jalapeno, and avocados uh, chopped up, then you're going to add some salt, a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Some pepper, olive oil, mm. and tomato juice. Gorgeous. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. One thing that I love about gazpacho, well, it can be said of many, many things, but really, truly, <clears throat> gazpacho, it's really true. The longer that it sits together, mm. the more delicious it becomes. Yeah. So making it like two days before you even mm -hmm. want to eat it. It My favorite gorgeous. part is the avocado. Oh, it's so yummy. It's just so it's such it's so fresh tasting. Oh, I agree. So. Nummy. That's a gorgeous recipe. <laughs> I don't know what you did to get it, and I'm not going to ask. Yeah. So I did, I, I was just saying that my um, tomatillo plants have been just exploding all of a sudden, so we have a whole bunch of them. Okay. Can I ask you a question about yes. tomatillo? When the hailstorm happened and I was doing some panic buying, yes, there wasn't there were not many tomato plants left, but there was a tomatillo plant, uh -huh. and I had one in my cart. And a woman next to me said, "Oh, you're getting a tomatillo." She goes, "You know, you need to get two of them, huh, for them to like crossbreed with each other." I said, "Well, that's weird. I've had I thought I'd grown a tomatillo before and I didn't need one. Huh. So then I put it back and I because I didn't want two tomatillos, right? So how many tomatillo plants? Do you well, have? we have two, okay. but I don't know. Like I feel like we've only had one in the past, and it still works. And I also feel like we've actually had volunteers that we didn't mm -hmm. even plant that just decided that they wanted to come wow. back and grace us with their presence. They're the coolest plant. Oh, I just love them. I just love them. And so with the these tomatillos, you can make a really simple, easy, gorgeous, delicious salsa verde which is just a red, it's just a green salsa. So you husk and rinse about 12 tomatillos. And you can add however many jalapenos that you like. Any other peppers that you have, like Anaheim's, Poblano's, Hatch, whatever peppers you like. Uh, a white onion, several thousand cloves of garlic. <laughs> you roast everything except the garlic. Yes, roast. Just roast it up. Mm -hmm. 425 until it's nice and brown and gorgeous and those tomatillos are going to be like just splitting and happy and then you add a quarter cup lime juice about a quarter cup or so to taste of cilantro and some salt you blend it all up buttercups and dip your chips right up in there oh that's fantastic it's so good you know a tomatillo plant is such a great plant for kids don't you think yeah because when they have that little balloon 
<laughs> They're so cute. These little balloons happen. And then like the little baby tomatillo like fills it up. I know. It's the coolest. It's so. It's really the coolest. And when they're still little, you can still, you can feel the fruit inside yeah. of them. It's the coolest thing. And then you know when they're ready to harvest when that little, the little uh, shell starts like to, it's full, right? Yes. Yeah. And if they start to crack like down at the bottom. You know, if the if the fruit is getting uh-huh. to the point where it's actually almost dehusking itself, mm-hmm. then you can go in there. They're cool. totally ready. Do you ever freeze that salsa, Verda? No, I haven't ever tried freezing it. I bet you it would freeze. I bet you just could. Fine, just like regular salsa. That's so right? smart. I should do it. I'm gonna freeze it. Oh, okay. Because I'm certain <laughs> okay. we'll have more you tomatillos have, than yeah, I know what to do Yeah, because when you with. have one, when you have one tomatillo plant, you get a lot of. Tomatillos. Approximately well. 400, 292. No, 4,292. <laughs> my, my apologies on that math. That's about right, I think. Well, I think we have time to talk about sauerkraut. Okay, let's talk about sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. You know, I've never made sauerkraut and I love sauerkraut. I love fermented cabbage. I'm a big fan of kimchi. Mm. I love, I love that. I love the flavor. I love everything about it. So, Please take me to take me to school, Christy. Well, I have, as friends will know, I have made it unsuccessfully before. <laughs> it's like a very bizarre uh, chemistry experiment. But this is also, I think, a great thing to do with kids. Totally, you know, and especially I think if you if you're out there and you go sauerkraut, I hate sauerkraut, but fresh homemade mm. sauerkraut oh. is amazing, especially if you like tangy things or That's sour so things. If you have a bent for that, fresh sauerkraut is mm. so great. And this recipe. I got from Edith. Uh oh. And it it totally completely worked last year. And I really I have six heads of cabbage that are gorgeous. Sorry, Karen. That are gorgeous out there. And um I'm going to and what do you do with six heads of cabbage all at once? Well, I mean you can you can join you could be a juggler. You could, you know, join a (laughs) juggling circus Mm, with some heads of cabbage. Yes. But really true you can make like 13 batches of coleslaw you know <laughs> it's true though when you get yeah. that much cabbage you do have to kind of plan a- around it what am <laughs> i going to do with all this right. cabbage <laughs> sauerkraut is a great great option well I, and, and it's super fun to make and if you don't even if you don't grow your own cabbage um you could buy cabbage and and make it it's just super fun the big thing about i have learned about the set the, the sad way about um, when you're fermenting anything, it's best to make sure that you have cleaned everything. Yeah. So you want to have, you want to give the good beneficial bacteria every chance of succeeding by starting off with things that's super clear. And what's great about this is that you don't need to have the special sauerkraut crock or anything like that. You could just use a mason jar. Love it. Um, but just make sure the mason jar and are washed and rinsed out of any soap residue. And then make sure your hands are super clean too. Um, so you get a bunch of cabbage and you slice it up. Um, if there's any wilted leaves, you want to get rid of that. And you want to cut the cabbage into quarters and trim out the core. Yep. And then slice each quarter down until you're making about eight wedges. And then you slice up those wedges into thin, thin ribbons. Then, the, the uh, you know what the ingredients are? And sauerkraut, Karen, the next ingredient is, and the only ingredient is salt. Salt. That's it. Isn't that weird? Just salt. Yeah. Ha! Huh. So you put the cabbage in a big bowl and you sprinkle salt all over the top. Um, and this recipe calls for, um, it wants, let me see here. 
It wants one medium head of green cabbage, about three pounds, and one and a half tablespoons of kosher salt. Yes, which kosher has salt be kosher. is important. Um, as a side, as a, you could also put in a tablespoon of caraway seeds. Ooh. It's optional, but it's just for the flavor. And then you just massage the crap out of that that cabbage. You get you, you could use a you can use a, a special sauerkraut tool that mashes it all up. But I use my hands. Yeah, just use your hands. Your squeeze, hands are always the best. Tool. Squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. The problem I made the last time I did it was I didn't squeeze enough. You didn't squeeze enough, and I bet you didn't have on the spa music. I bet you forgot to light the candles, you know? There's right. a process. Yes, you know. So and that all huge, huge mistakes to not have all that there. So, How long do you massage it you know, for? My arms were so sore, Karen. It's like, it doesn't sound long, but it's like ten, a good 10 to 15 minutes. No, that's minutes. a long time. That's a you long just time to, to be I had to take breaks. just massaging. So That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it should be incredibly watery and very limp. Hmm. And then you put the cabbage into the jar. You take handfuls of it. You pack it in. Um, a canning funnel can make this easier if you okay. happen to have them. But because then you don't get it doesn't the fall out of the side. stuff on the side. Yeah. Um, and then you tamp it down with your fist. And any liquid released by the cabbage while you're massaging also goes in the jar. Great. Um, some people also pla- place the outer leaves of the cabbage onto the surface to keep the cabbage submerged in the liquid. It's called huh. anaerobic. So all the cabbage must be underneath. Once you have all the cabbage packed in the mason jar, then you need to weight it down. Now, some people, there's actually a little sauerkraut weight you can get, or you can just use another smaller jelly jar under the mouth. That's what I was just wondering, if you could just use down. another jar. And maybe put some marbles or some uh-huh, stones inside in it. Yep. And and make sure it's completely submerged in the in the in in it. And then you cover it with a cloth. Yeah. Just a cheesecloth? Cheesecloth, dish towel, and secure Great. it with some kind of rubber band. This allow airs to flow in and out, but prevents any dust or insects from Fabulous. getting into it. And then over the next 24 hours, press down the cabbage every so often with the jelly jar to make sure the cabbage is still underneath all the liquid. And if you have to, after 24 hours, you could add more liquid. If, if it's not enough, then you could um, add a teaspoon of salt and a cup of water and then add some more liquid okay. into it to make sure it's underneath. And then let it ferment for three to 10 days. Fabulous. I found actually like three days is pretty good. Mm. I think this last batch I did, I think I let it ferment a little longer. I don't know. It was fine. And then I actually, and then I, then I, then I processed it. I canned it. Oh, fabulous. so I put it in a in a processor. Otherwise, you could just keep it in a refrigerator. Yeah, you know, and it'll last in there. Um, if you when it, when it's fermenting, you may see bubbles coming up or foam or scum, and it's a sign of a healthy fermentation process and you can just scoop that up i love it i love so, it so much i love sauerkraut couple weeks i'm gonna i think actually i might have to do it soon because my cabbage looks is looking pretty good it's not gonna get as big as grocery store sure, cabbage sure but when i know when it starts to overripe it starts to actually split yes totally that's the cabbage way of no of letting you know that it is done yeah <laughs> i am ready to be fermented yeah it's like a it looks like an alien or something when it, it does up. it does yes yeah. <laughs> oh okay. that sounds so good well, well now i'm gleeking and really hungry yeah good recipes so, yummy and we'll put folks we'll put all these recipes on the website at upside tulips.com love it and if you have recipes that you love from your garden oh will you please write to us and share them with us please do we, we love, love to cook yeah 
Karen, you will never guess what time it is. Oh my gosh, what time is it? It's mailbag. Yay! Ring, ring. Ring, ring. So this letter is from Chris from Denver. He said, Christy, I actually didn't plant anything this year. I was unsure about the summer and didn't want to get tied down to yard work. So now I just have monumental weeds flourishing in every direction and a notice from the city and county to get them under control or else there's no escaping it. Uh, See, now what lesson has Chris learned? Just plant something beautiful and then the city and county will leave you alone. (laughs) That's right. You know, even if you just have like wild, you know, miracles out there. Just do it. They're so pretty, and the city and county won't have a leg to stand on. That's right, Chris. And I know you have those beautiful containers that you put out there last year. So I mean, come on. You got those, you know, those beautiful like metal containers that people are getting. Oh yeah, those are gorgeous. Yeah. Those are gorgeous. So, okay. Guess what? What's that? We have another letter in the mailbag. Another letter in the <laughs> mailbag. Ring ring. Ring ring. This is from Pamela from Denver. Hey, upside down tulips. I've worked a lot this summer, so everything is scaled back. Zucchini, basil, and cucumbers are being generous, but my tomatoes would only feed fairies. (laughs) They are so tiny. Yes, red and scrumptious, but barely a bite. (laughs) Isn't it called a cherry tomato, Pamela? I'm not sure, but okay. (laughs) And each sweet snacking pepper plant has only offered a single pepper so far. They can feel my inattention. I just know it. (laughs) Pamela. Oh, Pamela. Pamela. Fairies need tomatoes, too. You're actually (laughs) doing a great service. (laughs) That's right. We forget. That's right. And hopefully, you know, we're just going to keep our fingers crossed for a late frost. So you're at your snack. But you know what? If you if your peppers feel your inattention, you know, go out there and talk to them. Talk to them. Read them a book. Yeah. Tell them how much you love them. Write them a poem. Fairy tomatoes like to be told fairy tales. That's true. Go out there and read to them about that. James and the Giant Peach might be a good one for the tomatoes as well. Inspire growth. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed to you, Pamela and Chris. We're just, um, we're we're sending you best wishes for your garden next year, I guess, right? Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. And folks, let us know how your garden's doing this year. If you have questions or comments, recipes, right, Karen? Oh my gosh. Yes, please. You can send them to um, UpsideOnTulips.com or at UpsideOnTulips at Gmail. Woohoo. It's a kooky time in the garden. I think I need some inspiration. I just happen to have some, Christy. Oh, excellent. And since this was such a food-related episode, I thought I would do some inspiration regarding food. Food reveals our connection with the earth. Each bite contains the life of the sun and the earth. We can see and taste the whole universe in a piece of bread. Contemplating our food for a few seconds before eating and eating in mindfulness can bring us much happiness. Thich Nhat Hanh. That is gorgeous. I got chills thinking about you can see and feel and taste the universe in a piece of bread. I mean, you really can. Oh, my God. All of it, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Wow. That is incredible. Well, folks... You have reached the end of another wonderful episode of Upside Down Tulips. Thank you so much for listening. We are Karen Slack. And Christy Montour-Larson. 
If you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Please hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. Hey, if you want more, you can go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at upsidedowntulips.com. And thanks to the many talents and kind heart of Catherine Gray. Yay! And thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. Join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. And don't forget, you know, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down to lips. Sasquatch. That's it. Sasquatch. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) 